Hi, this is Matt Kempel, co-owner of Milwaukee's premier live comedy spot, The Laughing Tap, and founder of the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. I hope everyone is ready for a great show tonight. Make sure you have turned off your electronic devices and keep talking to others in your group to a minimum. With that, I'd like to bring on tonight's headliners, Jim Martin and Chris Beyer. It's season six of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Chris Beyer, and your name is Jim Martin. Jim, is the mic working? The mic is working. We had the Jerry Riga mic here because we got a number of guests in the studio There's here. There's a lot today. of people here. Most people, I think, ever. Yeah, just I think it is the most people ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Barbenheimer phenomenon. Uh, Did you watch those movies? You know what I'm talking about? No, Oppenheimer. Two movies coming out here, mm-hmm. Barbie, the Barbie movie. Oh, yeah. And Oppenheimer, and they're saying it's oh. a big event. People want to go watch both of them. Sure. I'll so promise. you merged it together and called it Barbie. No, I didn't merge it. It's you like, just did. It's a popular thing that people are talking about. I haven't heard that you before. Heard it. But anyway, okay. I'm, I'm not yeah. interested in, in seeing Barbie. Yeah, Oppenheimer, maybe. Oh, really? I heard Oppenheimer was slow and no good, and Barbie was funny. You know, what I heard is that Oppenheimer, originally, they were having trouble getting financing huh? because they are afraid it was going to be a bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, there's been a lot of success with Oppenheimer. It's, it's doing quite well in the mm-hmm. box office, and they're actually thinking about a prequel. Oh, really? Yeah, about him as a young man, and he yeah. was kind of cocky, full of himself. They're going to call it Weisenheimer. <laughs> And, well, you, <laughs> and so, right. And so anyway, right. he's always cracking jokes. Yeah, he's yeah. cracking jokes. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, right. we've got four guests here. Four guests. We've had this on. I think we've had this on Zoom, but never in the studio because we had the other band. Yeah. On Zoom. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So the most. I don't know if we want to talk about you know rival bands mm-hmm. when we talk about these fellas, but yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, he says yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the the band the, the band's name is The Weary World. They're here in large part because our friend Scott Savecco, who's been on the show a number of times, is times. Uh, is a member of the band. The four band members are Scott Savecco. Hello, Scott. Hello, everybody. Hey, Scott. And then we got Scott Moore. What do you play, Scott? The bass. Thank you. And then we got Larry Barker on vocals and lead guitar. Then we got. Uh, Bill Walburn. Brun, yes. Walt Wal- Brun yeah. on drums and keyboard. At the okay. same time. Yes. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. That no, is, uh, no not true. at the same time. Explains the success. <laughs> pretty <of the> close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, fellas. Well, let's start with uh, what we were talking about just before we started, which is the name of the band. So uh, somebody tell us the story of the band name. I, had, I actually had a dream about us playing music together, and, uh, and I said, you know, Hello, everybody. We are the Weary World. And it was just a dream I had. But I, where does that come from? You know, why would I come up with such an obscure name? But yeah. it really is from a movie I'm a total fan of, uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate oh, yeah. Factory. Uh-huh. So I didn't say Charlie in the Chocolate right, Factory. Right, right, right. The original. The original right. Mel mm-hmm. Stewart version, yes. At right. the end of the movie, Charlie Bucket is given a everlasting gobstopper, and he gives it back to Willy Wonka at the end of the movie. He won't sell out, and he said, Mr. Wonka... And he puts it on his desk, and Willy Wonka says, "So shines a good deed in a weary world." Then he gives Charlie the chocolate factory. Uh-huh. I tell you, there I don't you know go. about you guys, but it's good there's there's certain scenes in movies that just affect you every time. And when I see that yeah. that scene in that movie, it hits me like a ton of bricks mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get I get kind of weepy. You're, you're so proud of the kid, right? Yes. Yeah. And because that kid is you. I think a lot of people want to identify with the hero. The hero is Charlie. And when he does that good deed, you kind of think that that, that would have been me, right? Yeah, right. And yes. the yes. acting job that Gene Wilder does when he's so angry and... Good mm-hmm. day, sir! Yeah. And, I said good day! 
and he's from Milwaukee, Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he grew up not far from here. Uh, he went to Washington High School, and I had a patient that knew him in high school. Really? Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Small world, yes. Yeah. Wow. But that scene is really is, yeah. is really something. Is there any? I'll let you guys think about this question as I ask one more question. Think about another scene like that, and really hits you every time you see it. Think about it. I'll come back to you. Let me ask uh, somebody a question here. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Bill? A weary world. It might the. sound the weary world. It might sound like a little bit of a downer. Is there was there any concern yeah. about the name being too downbeat? You know, we thought about it, and we went and thought about other names. But ultimately, after Scott told us about the dream, it kind of felt like you know, let's not go against something that seems like it had some meaning. So we went with it, and in fact, it's even a registered trademark for us now as well. Oh, wow. So like, okay. hey, you know, that's we, cool. we we were we were all in on it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the challenge these days when you have bands is that first, it's hard to find a band name that's unique, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to come up with a band name and then find out that there's another band with the same name. But now, because of electronic media, you know, our, our music is on Spotify and all the electronic music sources. And so you kind of have to check your band's name against the world. It's kind of hard to clear a band name if you really want it to be unique. Right. And so once we found something unique, we're like, let's lock it down. Yep. Yeah, so, put a ring on it. Right. right, exactly. All the plural nouns <laughs> like, were taken, so we you know, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Something more unique. Of course, my you know my band name, Jim knows this. Extra crispy. Extra crispy in the original recipe. <laughs> his last name is Byer. My last name is Byer, so extra crispy. And, and then the other uh-huh. band members is the original recipe. The original recipe. Right, we can look into that and see if that's right. been trademarked. I don't yeah. know. I maybe, maybe KFC has. Maybe. All right, small world story here again. Not weird world story, but small world story. Colonel Sanders was in this office from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right here. Well, maybe not this room. but he, I think it was in this room. This room. Harlan Sanders? If you Sanders? look somewhere, you'll, yeah. see, you'll see a biscuit you'll down. See, yeah, right, yeah. He just left it there. He, there's just some crumbs right now, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> it he, used to be a whole biscuit. There's a mouse chewing on yeah. it. Right <laughs> I don't talk about this much, my profession. I'm a chiropractor. My dad was a chiropractor before me. I'm violating patient confidentiality, but he's long since dead. Har- What's his name? Harlan Sanders? Harlan Sanders. He was in Milwaukee doing some promotional thing. And he wanted to go to a chiropractor, and my dad was the first name on the list of ones he looked up and showed up here, and I got a picture of him in the office, like in the other room. <laughs> and there is a KFC just yes. four blocks that down, might be so part that's of right. Uh, apropos. Yeah, yeah. right. That's so uh, I gave you guys enough time. Jim, uh, a movie scene that hits you like a ton, oh, ton of bricks. Oh, man. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Which, when of. he's like... Uh, he, yeah, when he, when he finally... Well, no, actually, you know, it was more like... Um, it's more when he gets out and Morgan Freeman is in the prison and still by himself and feeling like so happy for his friend right. that he got out of there. Anybody else? Any other scenes that you want to talk about? I think and The Ten Commandments, probably one of my favorite movies when uh, the Charlton Heston character, uh, Moses. That's it. Um, when, when, it was obscure. What, what, he was about five deep. Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that guy. When he had to save the woman from getting crushed under the stones yes. because she got her scarf caught right. and the push-pull men weren't going to stop pushing the stone along. Ah. Uh, she was trying to grease the path and she got caught and she was going to be killed and Joshua ended up striking one of the other uh, workers and right. brought things to a halt. When Moses cut her out of there, Yoshebel, we're speaking of, mm-hmm. of course, um, 
that I thought was a great band name. Yoshabel? Yeah. Oh, that is a good, oh. that is a good name. Yeah. yeah. But wait, that always gets uh, me. Uh, wait a yeah. second. Why didn't you bring that up earlier? <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> he had this whole thing going wait on a second. with Willy Wonka. I, I take back yeah. everything I said. Was it, was it in a dream? It, I, it was yeah. not. It was oh. just what I was watching the yeah, night before. I want to back up. Bill said something before uh, we started, which is Weary World comes from another source prior to Willy Wonka. Yeah, Shakespeare in The uh, Merchant of Venice. I believe. That's Bill. He's always quoting mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty certain. And so actually, that's he, where he Willy Wonka was quoting. Scene. I think he was quoting that from yeah. The Merchant of Madison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, the, I think the, in the, if you look at, watch Willy Wonka, it's full of literary quotes. So he shines a good yep. deed. Yeah. yeah. Like, good day, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, we're, we're all the band here. How long have you guys been together, Scott? Two? Um, we started the weekend after Thanksgiving in the year 2012 um, as a band, okay. and, and frankly, it was inspired by Scott Sebeko calling up uh, Bill and saying, hey, you want to get together and jam, and for whatever reason, I was involved in the mix, and Bill had been playing drums for quite a few years before that. He had a full drum kit set up in his basement. He wasn't like playing with others or playing out, but but he I was had, always trying to recruit people to come over mm-hmm. and play. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Scott said, "Yeah, okay, let's uh, let's get together and, and jam." And, and Scott had an idea of playing Louie Louie in the style of uh, who's who's that guy? Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Okay. They put um, a guitar in my hands, and and Bill said, "Just play the F and and the E and go like this." <laughs> and, uh, and and it was it was awesome. Scott basically said, "Why don't we do this again?" And it took off from there. No kidding. And we all committed to giving it a, a go. And, and yeah, even though I was more of a steel drum player at the time, uh, the bass really up my alley. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, pl- I'll play bass. Yeah, that sounds so. Great. So really, you, you were not that. a bass player before Prior you started to that? Being... No. Wow. No, no kidding. Kidding. He took the bass. He took the bass. There's, there's, a, there's an inside joke inside about joke. that. <laughs> so the F-E, F-E, of course, in the periodic table, that's iron. Heavy metal music comes from the F and E chord. <laughs> but uh, right. so uh, you guys played at Summerfest, Larry. Uh, is this the first time you've been at Summerfest? Or yeah, the first time I played at Summerfest. Oh, that's okay. cool. First time you guys played at Summerfest as a band, or you played in prior years? Hadn't you played in prior years, Scott? I played as me with some of Guitar for Vets people mm-hmm. at Summerfest. So you're kind of like Sting. Mini yeah, yeah. yeah. in, in and out <laughs> yeah. of the band, right? Yeah. You get yeah. your well, solo so they thing gave me an opportunity to play. Uh, at the Generac for a couple of songs last year, oh. I got to just open up for the the guys who the guys who run Guitar for Vets have their own band, Karma Shotgun, and they were let us students come up and play a couple of songs. Okay. But as a band, we we've, we've been doing our thing. We've played a lot of sets at Brady Street at Lineman's, but this was the first opportunity as a band we got to play at Summerfest. Okay. Yeah. And we got a good slot. We got a Saturday night. I think it was six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six Saturday o'clock. night. Yeah. And it was yeah, a good uh, good crowd there. It was, uh, and we're at the uh, Guitars for Vets Whammy stage. Okay. Okay. Facing the lakefront, so we got a good set there, and uh, it was nice. a good sound system there, and a you know decent the lakefront crowd, you know the lake walk is what we right. Oh right sure, along. yeah. Any yeah. guesstimates at crowd size? I mean, not like a, a Trump uh, inauguration guess, but what's the real guess at crowd size here? <laughs> it was fifty like thousand. Fifty thousand at least. <laughs> 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 they were packed in there. You couldn't. Yeah, we were. Uh, it was. I thought. Yeah, there was a lot of. Well, we you know we're going to invite our own people. To do oh yeah. There. 
you know, my granddaughter was there. There was a lot of so passers. So we got one. We got yeah, one. aside from yeah. that, it was still a good crowd. Yeah, that's yeah. granddaughter, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or was his father? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, but again, not uh, Summerfest. Now, again, not everybody that listens to our podcast uh, is from Milwaukee. Summerfest is a big Milwaukee music festival. It's the biggest in the world, I think. Actually, was it? Was so if they don't know, is. they should know. Yeah, so it's the biggest in it. southeastern Wisconsin. So, uh, did you guys notice uh, album sales shoot up after you were at? Uh, Summerfest? I don't. I don't control. Have we done our Google tracking okay. yet? On, on that? And it's only been a couple of weeks, so maybe you know you gotta. gotta we do have we do have the CDs out there for all the world to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, our latest CD is called Middle of the Night, but uh, I don't know. We have not checked our Amazon Prime. But you could also lately. listen to it on Spotify, as was mentioned earlier, or iTunes or YouTube. So it's on pretty much. It's pretty much, is, every, is pretty, pretty much every every electronic. So there might have been an uptick mm-hmm. in uh, individual plays, things like Doghouse or yeah. uh, Harbor of Rest. You know, there's quite yeah. Popular. So like from a royalties okay. perspective, I mean, we may have earned maybe anywhere 12 between twelve to twenty yes. cents. <laughs> really, know? four taxes. <laughs> you guys play all originals? Is that true? Uh, we try to play as many originals as we can, but I think we have to throw in some cover songs just to make. Uh, we can get people, balance, people like covers. We are an original you know, band. You have so, to yeah. play right. recognizable songs. But, right. Uh, get them all amped up. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you throw exactly. in one of your own. And maybe they'll think it's an old original or something. Sure. How's the songwriting process work with you guys? To be honest, Scott has written, uh, was the lead creator of most of the songs from the first album. He came to us with a lot of these really great ideas, like really good lumps of clay that mm-hmm. we then crafted into an entire album of originals. After our CD release party is when we kind of brought Larry on board, and Larry's been a, a musician, amateur and professional, for a number of years, decades. decades I was going yeah. to say Never decades, decades, but I didn't want it to like sound like we're like he's so ancient, because he's, he's not. He's had a lot of really good original songs that he's played over the years that formed the basis of what we recorded on the second album, along with a couple of reprises different takes on things and another original from bill on that one platform 55 mm-hmm. where he was featured on keyboards Five, no actually that was actually, actually on harbor of rest all right but that's okay but platform 55 was was a bill but yeah original. that yeah that one had both Bill's yeah drum track and the piano it. track yeah okay cool mm-hmm. we like to consider ourselves an originals band True. but not exclusive there's a lot of great songs and a lot of great songwriters out there in our live sets we play can't heat we play uh, Leonard Skinner, we play Louis Eric Louis. Clapton songs. <laughs> you know what, Louie Louie, I would love to do that live one day and just like really stretch it out. Yeah, uh, you know? the soundtrack oh, yeah. to Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. no, we're, we're, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're, some we're white actually. stripes. We got some white stripes. All right, so let's let's see let's see uh, like password or something. Let's have everybody just use one or two words. How would you describe your genre? Let's go left to right here. Let's the oh. listeners left. Right. My right. The listeners left. Let's start with Bill. Bill, when you talk to people about the band, you say it's kind of like X. Kind Not of Twitter, an, by the way. Yeah. Alternative blues rock. Larry. Um, I'd go with that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Scott. I sometimes like to throw in um, alt adult contemporary singer songwriter slash. Same sound. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have the closest thing I'd describe. I, it's it's folk music. 
like that. You know, cause more folk, like folk rock. Folk rock, yeah. You know, <laughs> with, uh, with the open, blues open and alternative heavy, rock influence. Heavy, you know, <laughs> like, folk a little bit of rap yeah, and yeah, some yeah. R&B thrown in. I'm just a little yeah. bit of rap. I'm starting to think you guys are in four separate bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you get a band and they give the same answer, though, yeah. then you got a problem. Mm-hmm. That's true, right? Yeah. This is just an artistic expression for you guys. Nobody's anticipating that you're going to make money off this. This is not a, a supplemental income, or is it? Well, but now I'll just preface this with uh, Chris and I had this ongoing discussion about the podcast. <laughs> about the podcast, he wants it to be an artistic expression. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. so go ahead. Now he can answer. Well, you know what I would tell you is the music business is tough these days, and actually, yeah. I, I see such talent out there. If you look at some of the younger musicians out there, and such unbelievable talent, but the ability to make a living, it's it's tough. I mean, for us, we're not looking to make a living. We, we, you know, we enjoy it. But I mean, if we were looking to make a lot of money on this, this would be tough. It, yeah. re- it really would be. Yeah. You know, having said that, I mean, I think, you know, at some point, we'll, you know, like our next royalty check from Spotify or whatever. I mean, we'll maybe get a check for like, you know, fifteen dollars or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly, you know, you don't do it for the money. Yeah, and that's yeah. spent on liquor and cigars. So right. <laughs> we do. I think we got a royalty check one time from something we did. I think it was the money we made off of playing at Lineman's, and I think we took it and went out to dinner. Yeah, we still had a kick in a hundred some bucks. We had a dinner at Maxie's with, with our spouses yes. on what we made from well, say Lineman's. Did you say Maxie's so, or Max like uh, McDonald's? Maxie's. We had money left over. The wonderful Maxie's. So you mentioned the music industry nowadays right it's hard to because is that because of the streaming that's going on because it's not just cds anymore or albums or anything right it's it's mostly like you said oh you can listen to your stuff on spotify and youtube and and itunes and all the probably amazon all these places right yeah and you have to just you get a fractional cent that's what i was going to say you just have to take that little bit of i mean you could theoretically pull it off of there right and say we're only going on cds but then, how, then you have the it's sort of the chicken and the egg, right? How do you get your name out there exactly. without uh, you know? So, so and, that, and that's kind of the that's kind of the issue with nowadays. It, it right? used to be bands would they'd make money from selling CDs and mm-hmm. T-shirts. Well, now people aren't buying CDs. All that's left might be T-shirts and touring. Right. Yeah. You got to stick an ad or two in the middle of the song. Right? The mid-song commercial. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the mid-song <laughs> ad read. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves those. Yeah. Larry, you've played in a lot of bands over in Europe and stuff. Was it something you could make money from? No. No. <laughs> Never. No. No. We worked for free. You know. Oh, really? We were doing it because that's what we did. That right. was, There's a reason that the term starving artist is cliched, right? Because yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, for sure. People in the art world don't make a lot of money. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell Jim. We're in the art world, Jim. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I think most bands start off in debt. You have to buy equipment and all of that. And yeah, kind of, sure. You know, I, I spent, you know, we, guitars are $1,000 a piece. Well, depending on what kind you buy, but right. amplifiers are expensive, you know, and you microphones. Oh, so yeah. you buy all this stuff, you're just buying it. It's like, doesn't doesn't come out of any of your earnings or anything like that. It's just something you do because you like it. Yeah. You know? I know right. that uh, when we talked to Scott before about this in the past podcast, that he just had this dream. Again, Scott's half asleep all the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. He had this dream that he was going to be play guitar on stage at some point. And it wasn't something he did in his teens or his 20s. You In your 40s, maybe, you started? Yeah, my mid-40s was when right. I got it. And you had never played guitar before mm-hmm. that? No. 
which is something you guys, uh, similar stories. Now, Larry, you've been playing guitar forever, you know, yeah. since your 20s probably or before. I started by playing accordion, you know. and uh, As we all do. And <laughs> we did that before the podcast. I switched from accordion to playing guitar, but I actually taught myself how to play guitar with uh, Scott's dad's guitar. Bill and the other Scott, did you take up this later, or you've always been musicians? My mother was a piano teacher, so I started with you know on piano sure. as a child. I always wanted to play drums, and so I didn't take drums up until in my 30s. As Scott knows, we get together, me and my brother and some friends get together and jam in the basement here mm -hmm. as well. Yep. I worry a little bit about my hearing. How are you guys doing with that? Is there any problems with... Uh... <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, that. Come again? <laughs> Is there has there been any issues? Are you guys a loud band? Are you uh, do you keep it down? We keep it down. I don't think we're playing through uh, you know hundred watt Marshall stacks here or anything. I play as loud as I can. Larry's yeah. pretty loud. Bill likes it loud. He's yeah. always amping yeah. up the kick drum. And at practice, I wear earplugs. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So I have ringing ears every so. Tuesday night. So I, I worry about that. I've got yeah. I got some big headphones that I wear. There's I can wear them when I'm just playing. If I'm singing, I can't wear them because then I can't hear myself. When I sing, the other people wear the headphones so they can't hear me. Uh, but uh, that's a different story. So anyway, well, at this point, we're going to transition into a song from these guys that they're going to pick. They're going to get back to Jim, or we're going to download it here for, for this episode. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how the veterans are involved with, uh, this, uh, with this band here. So, all right, we'll leave it that. We'll talk to you next Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. We'll talk, we'll talk to you next week. in a couple minutes. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast when we continue our conversation with the members of the band The Weary World. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy Doghouse from their album, Middle of the Night.
You've made it to the end of another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.